The first reading, as Sean said, is taken from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. This may be found on page 1188 of the Church Bibles. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labour pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness, so then... Let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and a hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Here ends the reading. Friends, there is a day coming and you need to be ready. There is so much to do in order to be ready. And indeed, there is no excuse for not knowing that it is coming. And you must be ready for this day. For when the time comes, when the doors of the shops shut on December the 24th, it will be too late. Friends, there is a much bigger day coming. A bigger day than all the Christmases rolled into one. When the Lord will come down from heaven with a loud command, with a trumpet call, and the voice of the archangel, and the dead will rise. There is a day coming. And we must be ready. For when it comes, for when it comes, we'll be too late. So how? Firstly, we know the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Some people think that history is random, that history goes in cycles. That's a common thought. That history is a series of unending progress. And so today we look back with indignation and pride on the foolishness of those who have gone before. Some people view history like that. For some people, history is entertainment. This will strike you. You will learn from this that I'm a nerd. I listen to a history podcast. It is called The Rest is History. And I'm so keen on this history podcast that they came all the way from England to do a show. I went to the show. And in case you think I am bizarre, the Enmore Theatre was packed. And we laughed at history. 
But history is not cyclical, is not unending progress, and it is not just for entertainment. History has a purpose. It has a direction because there is a creator with a purpose, and he has told us the purpose. History is his story. His purpose is to gather people from all nations around his son. And it will happen. This purpose of all history on this day that Paul calls the coming of the Lord, the day of the Lord. Last week we saw that he did not want them to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. They will not miss out. This week he says, verse 1, about times and dates, we don't need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. It was Jesus himself who said, no one knows about the day or the hour, not even him. It will be like a thief that no one expects. And so when Paul came and told them about the coming of the Lord, and they turned to serve and to wait for the Lord, they knew. They knew very well that they could not know the times or the dates, and Christians ever since have known very well. But it has not stopped many people making predictions. In 1992, the Dami Mission Organisation in Korea the leader of that organisation, Lee Jang Rim, predicted, predicted that on the 28th of October 1992, the Lord would come. His 20,000 followers believed him. Many sold their homes. Many committed suicide. And when the date passed and the leader of the movement was found to have invested $4 million of their funds in long-term deposits set to mature after the 28th of October, he was imprisoned for fraud. I think we know very well. We are unlikely to predict. We are unlikely to believe anyone who makes a prediction of a particular date. Though we do seem to feel, don't we, that there are more wars, that there are more earthquakes, and Jesus spoke about such things, and so now it must be close. Be reminded again. No one knows. There are no signs. Like a thief in the night, it will be unexpected. But being a thief in the night, as Jesus says, means more than simply being unexpected. He could have said, the Son of Man will come like a long-lost cat in the night. Imagine you have lost your cat. It's disappeared for years. And then you get a knock on the door and someone returns your cat. Bad news? No. Exceedingly good news. Jesus said, I will come like a thief in the night. It is more than just unexpected. It is unexpected destruction. Verse 3, while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labour pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. In the Old Testament, the day of the Lord was mostly judgment and the false prophets would say peace, peace. Paul says it will be the same. People will be enjoying life. 
proclaiming peace and safety. But don't be deceived. God is just. He will hold all people to account and will come like a thief in the night to bring unexpected destruction. Like labour pains on a pregnant woman. She knows it is coming, but she does not know when. And once it starts, it is no good saying, that's enough now, I think I'll just go home and leave the hospital. Unexpected, inescapable destruction. Last week we saw that Christians do not grieve like the rest who have no hope. It is not just that the rest have no hope of being with the Lord forever. There is no hope because there is unexpected, inescapable destruction. The issue is not when, but are you ready? This surely is an inconvenient truth. It is not popular to believe and is certainly not popular to speak. And some people over the years have told me how good it is that preachers don't go on about fire and brimstone like they used to. It is important that we speak of this sensitively, that we speak about love as much as about judgment. But we must not ignore what God says. We must not reject what he says so clearly. Imagine for a moment if your brother had had a ticket for the Titanic. And somehow you knew about the iceberg and you chose not to tell him. If we never warn people, either we don't believe it or we don't love people. We know that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So do not predict. Be ready and warn others. But he will not come like a thief in the night for everyone. Secondly, we belong to the day and not the night. Verse 4. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. He will come like a thief in the night. How then can he not surprise some people? Look at the verse again, verse 4. You are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or the darkness. He will not come like a thief in the night for some, because they are not in the night. They are not in the night or darkness. They are children of the light and of the day. You see, the Thessalonians have been like the rest. They belonged to the night and to the darkness. And they heard through Paul that an unexpected, inescapable destruction was coming. That there was a true and living God. They turned from their idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven who would rescue them from the coming wrath. They put on faith, love and hope. This was not because they were clever or more religious? No, he saw in chapter 1. It was because God had chosen them. Paul says it again in verse 9. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, 
but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. God had chosen that they would be in the day. And he put that into effect in history by Jesus Christ dying for them, verse 10. Dying on behalf of us. He suffered the wrath of God in our place on that day on the cross so that we would not, not suffer wrath on the day of the Lord. He will rescue us from the coming wrath. So the day of the Lord will not be like a surprise because we are not in the night. Instead of unexpected, inescapable destruction, the day of the Lord will bring expected, unending joy. We will be reunited with those who have fallen asleep. We will be with the Lord forever. And don't you think that this belonging to the day that Paul talks about changes everything? In this world, our future is always uncertain. There is the big picture of the political and historical events and natural disasters, the turmoil we see on the news and in our personal lives. There is the uncertainty of our relationships. Will they last? Will people like our post on Facebook? Will our career be successful? Will I have good health this year? You add to that the uncertainty of Jesus coming like a thief in the night and life is just completely uncertain but when you are no longer in the night when you belong to the day when you do not have uncertainty and fear but certainty and joy then you can face the uncertainty of the day today because you have a certainty of the future you belong to the day and not just the future does it change, this belonging to the day, it changes the present. You may not have thought about this before, but certain days in your life determine how you think about yourself and your present. The day of your birth, for example. That date, that day, tells me that I'm a, a child, a son of a mother from England, and a father from Australia. That date, if you believe in star signs, which I most certainly do not, supposedly tells you something. It tells you too about your age now and which generation you belong to. We certainly believe in that. And which place you are from. Perhaps it's the day you arrived in Australia for a new life. Perhaps your graduation day or the day you started work or the day you were made redundant or the day you retired. For me, the most important days, the 12th of December, 1992, my wedding day, the 15th of November, 1996, the day I became a parent. These define who I am. They, these days may be in the past for you, they may be in the future. They determine how you see yourself, how you identify, who you identify with. They bring pride or confusion, disappointment, nostalgia or grief. They define you and they either unite you or divide you from others. 
But there is a better day, a more important day, when you know that God has appointed you for salvation, that Jesus has died for you, that you have put on faith, love and hope and turned to serve and to wait for his son, then you don't belong to any of these days. They no longer define who you are. You belong to the day, the day of the Lord, when you will be with the Lord forever. Belonging to the day changes how you see yourself, how you feel about the future. And if that is true, they must change how you live now. Finally, so let us be awake and sober. Paul applies this now to the way we live, verse 5. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Do you see the contrast between night and day? Those who belong to the night, they sleep, no doubt, and that is when people get drunk. Those who belong to the day, they are awake and sober. And so those who belong to the night, they are asleep to God and his plan. They live for their own desires. Getting drunk is just one example. Those who belong to the day, we know we will live forever with the Lord and we're to start living that way now. We are awake to God and his plan. We no longer live for our own desires. We live to please God. The future determines the present. We have a very strange tradition in Australia. When a man has met the woman of his dreams, proposes, they become engaged and they set a wedding day, his life from that moment forward belongs to that date. They spend endless hours preparing for it. Rightly so, they are going to promise to love and to cherish one another. He will live with her and seek to please her. As he looks forward to that day, belongs to that day, how do his mates help him to get ready? What do they do to celebrate that this day is coming? They take him out, encourage him to get drunk and tempt him with other women. We call it a bucks party and it is the most ridiculous tradition I've ever heard of. The future should determine we belong to the day of the Lord when we will live with the Lord forever. On that day, our whole spirit, soul and body will be blameless, says Paul. We will live together with him. So therefore, how do you get ready? How do you celebrate? How do you show that you belong to that day? Paul says, you are all children of the light and children of the day. So then. Let us be awake and sober. Be awake to God's purposes in the world, to pleasing him. And therefore, be sober 
Obviously here, Paul is saying that those who belong to the day will not get drunk. Whether it's on alcohol or with other drugs, for this may, this may be a wake-up call. But the word sober, the word sober means self-control. On that day, we'll be made holy and blameless. And until that day, we will need self-control, won't we? In chapter 4, Paul reminded and encouraged the Thessalonians to avoid sexual immorality by learning to control their own body, self-control. He encouraged them to love one another more and more because they would live together with him on that day. We saw last week that we should not grieve like the rest, for those who have fallen asleep in Christ will surely not miss out. And I asked you to reflect. How are you encouraged by this? Who will you encourage with these words? This week we say, we see that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. But it will not surprise us who belong to the day, for we do not belong to the night. So be awake and sober. And again, Paul says, verse 11, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. So, Having heard that we know the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, that we belong to the day and not the night, and that we are to be awake and sober, I want us to take a few minutes now to reflect and encourage with these two questions. How have you been encouraged? Who could you encourage? Last week, we did this silently, on our own. I'd like you to take a couple of minutes now to talk to the person next to you. How have you been encouraged this morning? And who could you encourage with these truths? After a couple of minutes, I'll lead us in prayer. To encourage each other, and you may like to continue that over morning tea. Please join with me as I lead us in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we praise you for you are the Lord of history, of the past, the present and the future. Father, thank you for telling us of the future that we might be ready of the day that is coming. Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus that he died to pay pay for our sin that we might have a glorious future together with you. Father, help us to be encouraged. Be filled with joy that we belong to this day if our trust is in Jesus and to live awake and sober. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.